Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Saturday, September 25th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Josh Crash Davis, Mr. Wisconsin. And man, the sports world is humming up there, Josh. We've got your Green Bay Packers here on primetime. We've got the Ryder Cup going on up there, USA doing great. And it's Bob Euchre night, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big, big weekend in Wisconsin. They didn't start out the greatest with the Badgers, but hopefully the rest of the team can come through. That's right. And we'll we'll start off here with your your Packers and San Fran with the Sunday night primetime game. Then we'll cover the Monday night matchup between Philly and Dallas, the NFC East showdown, and get you ready for these exciting contests. Uh, so why don't you kick it off with Green Bay? We've got a 50 and a half over under, uh, but they're three-point underdogs on the road against San Francisco. What's the what's the story with that? Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is a lot to do with the recent, you know, when when San Francisco's been healthy and Jimmy Garoppolo's in, they've they've really dominated this matchup. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Because in my mind, these are pretty even teams. Um, but you know, recency bias has kind of favored San Francisco. So I think that the odds makers are looking at that pretty heavily. And Green Bay is dealing with some injuries. They've got it. Of course, David Bakhtiari is going to be out for the first six weeks of the year. And now um, Elton Jenkins, who's been a very good replacement for Bakhtiari, he's going to be out tomorrow. So they're going to have to make some shuffling uh, on the offensive line. Probably going to move Billy Turner from right tackle over to left tackle and then bring up Dennis Kelly um, to right tackle. Now, he did start for Tennessee last year all 16 games at right tackle. So hopefully he's going to be somebody that's going to solidify that line uh, and alleviate some of those concerns that they might have without Jenkins. Yeah, well, they, I mean, speaking of concerns, it was rough after week one, of course, with Green Bay and that yeah. dud, but they turned it around well uh, against Detroit. So you got you got to love the momentum there. Um, and Aaron Jones, man, what a week. Oh, yeah. Uh, four touchdowns in mm-hmm. Detroit. So... Uh, do you think Green Bay is going to feature him again, or do you think it'll be more of a Devontae Adams in the, in the passing attack? Yeah, I think it's going to be more of a Devontae Adams week this week. Um, he's had a lot of big uh, games in San Francisco recently. Last year, he had a 10 catch, 173 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he had in the even in the NFC Championship game late, he got a you know late score and had a big pass play against Richard Sherman. So, I definitely think Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of targets. It's interesting with Aaron Jones because he actually in week two last year had four touchdowns against Detroit. So that seems to be that matchup that he really likes. But um, back to the to the receiving options, I think Devontae Adams is going to be getting the lion's share of the targets, obviously. And then um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is another name to keep an eye on. He did have two touchdowns in their game last year when San Francisco was banged up, but I still think that Green Bay wants to get him involved. Aaron Rodgers was talking this week about how he was really disappointed that they weren't able to connect on the three big pass plays that they had against Detroit. And I think that he's going to keep looking MVS's way uh, to try and make that connection happen. And so he's somebody that you could keep an eye on this week for another target besides Devontae. Yeah, man, MVS, that line last week is so deceiving with the goose egg yeah. on four targets. I mean that's about the worst. Obviously, a zero is the worst you can do, but that's about the uh, that's the zero with the most potential I think I've ever seen on four, four targets. He had the slant route 
inside the five that easily could have been a touchdown. Rodgers dismissed him. And then he had those two routes where he was open deep. He beat the coverage. Yeah. If Rodgers hits him in stride, those are two touchdowns. So, man, it could have been a monster game for him, but it was it was a, it was a goose egg. So I can see why he'd want to right the ship there and get MVS into the end zone this week. Yeah, yeah, definitely think he's going to try and find him again. So, what about Cobb and Lazard? Cobb uh, ascending here, got three grabs. Uh, Lazard uh, backed out of the picture. Do you think that uh, that old connection is going to continue? Well, Matt Lafleur said this week that he does want to get Randall Cobb some more opportunities, so that could be something that they they bring in um, to their game plan a little bit this week. Uh, maybe some some uh, carries out of the backfield, you know, just kind of try and mix it up a little bit. Got to got to do some things because that pass rush is going to be coming after Aaron. So I could see a couple little dump passes to Cobb and maybe a couple targets downfield too, but they definitely, like I said, they want to get him more involved this week. So, and then Lazard, um, they've really used him a lot in, in like the screen passing game for blocking because he's their best blocking receiver. Um, and I, I think they'll continue to do that and, and help out with the pass rush and stuff. But I think that Lazard could be somebody that could get a target or two in the red zone this week, but there's just, there's a lot of, of mouse to feed in Green Bay's offense right now. And, and you know, you got Jones and still have Tunyon and and uh, they drafted Amari Rogers. So there's a lot of weapons out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at uh, Jones and Tunyon, funny you should mention them because uh, with Detroit, uh, the way that they were able to get some uh, yardage against Green Bay was passing to the running backs and their tight end. Right. Um you know, the running backs had 16 catches for 121. Uh, and then Hawkinson had a big game against them. So um, are you high on Jones and or Tunyon or any other tight end perhaps? Yeah, I still like Aaron Jones. I just don't think that this is going to be the week that he has, you know, the big three, you know, four touchdown game like he had last week against Detroit. I think he could maybe get one touchdown rushing and maybe one receiving um, or maybe just one total period. And then um, Tunyon's still going to be a target for the red zone. So I still like Tunyon this week too. Okay, excellent. Anything else on your Packers before I get into the Niners side? Um, yeah, they actually they have a tight end that he missed all of last year. His name is Josiah DeGora. They drafted him in the third round last year. And they drafted him basically to be their own Kyle Juszczyk. And so um, he got hurt in week one last year against the Vikings. He tore his ACL. He was out for the year. And then he got hurt week one in Jacksonville when we were there. Um, quick fact about that game is his dad was actually sitting a few rows in front of my dad and I. So um, we actually saw him. Um, his his son was, you know, on the field, got hurt with a concussion. And so his dad stood up and everything and everybody um, noticed who, you know, he was there and everything and kind of, uh, said a prayer for him, let him know they were thinking about him when he walked out. He walked out of the stadium to go down to the field. Um, but but yeah, Josiah DeGuar is a name to keep an eye on, a deep GP sleep, GPP sleeper this week. Um, and, and you know, probably no one's going to play him, but he's one of those guys that if he gets a touchdown, he could win a tournament for you. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. I mean, if he's anything like Juszczyk, that's exactly what he would be. He's a guy yeah. who can allow you to win a, a big tournament like a Millie Maker. 
um, because we've seen Shanahan just give him a couple catches if he gets in the end zone and look out at that low price. Yeah, he's so, two hundred dollars on DraftKings. So there yeah. you go. Can't get any cheaper than that. No. Nope. All right, good stuff. Um, let me start on the San Fran side. They've managed to get to a two and zero start here, despite all these injuries in the backfield, mm-hmm. and they. I I do think they want to run, but we got to figure out who's there, who's in yeah. town. Who, who has enough of a handle on the playbook to get out there? And you look back at, you know, you mentioned the matchup last year. And then, of course, two years ago in the NFC Championship game, that's when they were so success, successful on the ground with Mostert rushing for almost 300 yards as a team. They passed for less than 100. And Jimmy mm-hmm. G was under center, uh, basically yeah. just handing off. So we know Shanahan will do that. You know, it wouldn't shock me if they go run heavy again, if they can uh, open up some holes. And according to Pro Football Focus, they have an 80% blocking advantage mm-hmm. with this offensive line. So uh, let's dive into the injury report. We know that uh, Mostert obviously has been out for a while. Uh, now Hasty is out. Elijah Mitchell is doubtful. So Trey Sermon, who has one carry and one concussion, yeah. Looks to be the lead back. We're recording this on Saturday night. So uh, if that's the case, he's 3000 on DraftKings, which mm. is a backup running back price. Yeah. So he vaults to the top uh, for, for value for me. This is a must play uh, as the starting running back for San Fran in this matchup. It's just a matter of if you use him uh, in the top spot or not. Right. Then we've got uh, Doug Patrick a big bruiser out of the XS, XFL. Uh, Trenton Cannon, who got a carry here, uh, formerly of the of the Ravens. And then Carrion Johnson has just been elevated mm-hmm. today from the practice squad. Uh, he's only 200. So talk about you know $200 players who might make an impact. Yeah. We'll see if he's uh, active and, and gets any snaps. But, you know, any three of those guys are – uh, ultra value plays, but you don't need to go there if you can go with Sermon and we get the information that he's going to be the right. lead back, which is really what it looks like at this point. So I'm going to have Sermon out there on DraftKings. And then if you look at the passing game, you know, Debo Samuel's been the go to guy. He's been doing the heavy lifting this year. Ayuk has been almost completely non existent. Um, but Debo is pretty expensive at 9,400. Then you've got Trent Sherfield. Only 1,200 he got in the end zone week one. Jawan Jennings for 1,000. He got in the end zone last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, good old Kyle Huszczyk is there. Uh, but then there's Kittle. And, you know, he's 8,200, so he's cheaper than Debo. And he's on my radar. Again, if you look at what Hawkinson did, uh, strong game uh, against Green Bay. Hawkinson is uh, like the wild card here, Josh. He's, yeah. he's Both of these teams have played Detroit. Uh, and he's done well against both of them. So uh, I like Kittle here. He's probably my favorite pass catcher uh, out of the group. What are your thoughts on this passing game? Yeah, I think I think Kittle is definitely the name that stands out to me as the one player that we can't let you know beat us. Um, and he's done that in the past. You know, outside of the running game, he's kind of set up everything in the past against us. So. I think that he's the one guy that we're going to have to really keep an eye on, maybe even have to double-team him to make sure he doesn't beat us. I think Jair will probably shadow Debo Samuel because with Eric Stokes coming up a little bit, um, 
I think they feel a little bit more comfortable with their corners on the outside with Stokes and Jair. And, and they've got Kevin King kind of moved to the slot. So I think they're going to start moving Jair. You saw it a little bit at the end of the game on Monday. They're going to move Jair a little bit. So if Debo wants to go to the slot, Jair can follow him. Or if he wants to stay on the outside, Jair will just follow him out there too. So I think that um, Debo is still their main guy, but I just think Jair is going to do a pretty good job of negating that. And so they're going to focus on the run game and getting it to Kittle and uh, maybe a guy like Sherfield or um, use check or, you know, just somebody that you're probably not thinking of right away when you think of San Francisco. So. Excellent. Nice stuff there with that green Bay secondary. Uh, one of the many uh, excellent traits of Mr. Crash Davis is breakdown of the Packers. Uh, he's also one of our key baseball guys putting out winning lineups this season. So if you want more of the excellence of Crash Davis, his insight and his lineups, join us at DFSCoachDoc.com. Jump in this weekend. You get our football lineups for these primetime games. We give out full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo for all the primetime games, Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night. Of course, we have the main slate covered as well. We just did that show earlier today. Go check that out on YouTube. Um and then we give out the coaches clipboard on DraftKings for the main slate. We give out the core lineups here for the showdowns, GPP, cash, uh, builds. Uh, so jump in with us, dfscoachtalk.com. We'll send you an email uh, and invite you into our Discord. All right, Josh, let's go to game two. We have mm-hmm. Philly and Dallas. Uh, this is a coach talk battle. Uh, with yeah. Brett and Coach, diehard Eagle and Cowboys fans, respectively. And another close one on paper, three and a half points, the edge for Dallas uh, in terms of the odds with betus.com.pa. Another similar over-under here, 51 and a half. Yeah. Uh, Monday night, 8-15 kickoff, both teams one and one. So a lot on the line here early in the season. Why don't you start us off again with the visiting team, the Eagles? Yeah, so the Eagles, they just recently activated Zach Ertz off the COVID-19 list. Um, and so that's going to be another option for for J- Jalen Hurts to look for, especially in the red zone, obviously. Um, he's been a great, you know, Eagle over the years. And and I would expect him to have some, some big contributions this year. Um, if he didn't plan on making contributions, I think he probably would have left. So... Um, that was a big question mark for the Eagles this offseason was whether or not he was going to stay around or not. And then um, on the injury front, the Eagles do have their starting tackle, Jordan Melata, who's going to be out. And so Andre Dillard, um, their rookie from 2019, is going to be starting in his place. He actually hasn't started since 2019. And when he did start, he struggled pretty badly. So there's a lot of concerns about how he's going to hold up in pass protection this week. Uh, but they are going to be going with Andre Dillard. So, yep. And, you know, protecting Hertz is important because he is really the, the key to this offense here. Yeah. Um, you know, sort of like Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, as we were talking about on the main slate show. Um, and Dallas has given up a lot of passing yards um, with, you know, Brady and company in week one. We know that Hertz likes to run it though, as well. What do you think about Hertz here? Obviously, one of the expensive guys, but, you know, can you possibly have a lineup without him? 
I don't think you can. Um, Hertz has only faced Dallas once, but when he did last year, he had 411 combined yards, uh, 342 yards passing, and then nine carries for 69 yards on the ground. So, I mean, at 411 yards of offense, you know, that's that's pretty substantial. So I think that that's definitely something you're going to have to keep um, in your lineup. And uh, last week I made the mistake of not playing Lamar Jackson in our showdown lineup. And I don't want to make that mistake with Jalen Hurts. So I definitely think Jalen Hurts is going to be a key play. Okay. I know you did some work digging in with pro football focus and some of these matchups for these receivers. What's your take there? Yeah, Anthony Brown is projected to match up with Devontae Smith. And um, Pro Football Focus has Anthony Brown as the cornerback that's allowed the most receiving yards this season uh, with 176 and also two touchdowns. So Devontae Smith, he leads the team with a 26.4% target share. And so I think that he's going to have a big bounce back game after he was kind of held in check last week against San Francisco. Um, Devontae Smith should, should be... Uh, pretty heavily targeted this week. So I definitely like Devontae Smith is number one receiving option for the Eagles. Okay. Um, yeah. And of course the thing to keep in mind with these matchups and some of the numbers that we'll share uh, on the show with our members about, um, you know, where guys line up and the routes that they run is it's rare that you get a, you know, a hundred percent matchup. You know, yeah. these are, these are little uh, edges here where we, give a little bit of a bump to a guy or we knock him down just a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned Ertz and this is uh, an area in Philly that has had great production in recent years, but it can be difficult because of Goddard and their depth there. So, you know, this week we've got Goddard at 6,600 Ertz coming back off of COVID, like you said, at 2,200. Uh, mm. Goddard's been a little bit more productive, but you get a discount on Ertz. You know, any interest there? Yeah, I think you probably would play Goddard more towards the cash and then and then play Ertz in your GPPs. I think that's the way I would look at that. Um, because I think Goddard's still going to get the majority of the targets, especially with Ertz just now coming back and having to reestablish himself in the lineup. So, Fair enough. Uh, any, if there's room left in your lineup, do you want to make way for Sanders or Gainwell? You know, I'm not sure how I want to approach the running game with the Eagles. Um, Dallas has, has only allowed, uh, the 12th fewest fantasy points to running backs this year. Uh, but with that being said, teams have been throwing a lot more than they've, you know, been running against Dallas. Um, Brady threw it 50 times and then Justin Herbert threw it 41 times. So, if the Eagles decide to run the ball with Sanders, I think those opportunities will be there for him to get a, you know, a couple big carries, but um, overall, I think they're going to favor the passing game and Jalen hurts scrambling attack too. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that um, where teams just haven't run it as much against Dallas, but in terms of the run blocking advantage, 49% according to PFF for Philly. So it could work out well if they go that route again, the, yeah, the danger with uh, investing in one of these running backs is you might have Hertz take the the rushing TDs for himself, and yeah. Gainwell has been gaining on Sanders, if you will, with hmm. eleven and eight touches the last couple of weeks. So he's you know uh, a, a real a real factor uh, that can can hamper Sanders' ceiling. Yeah. Has he been getting uh, red zone carries, Gainwell? He did score on the ground in game one. 
okay. uh, against Atlanta. And so, you know, they had all the Sanders yeah. owners. And say he could vulture, you know, he could vulture. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's look at Dallas here. Uh, they did get back to 500 with that field goal at the buzzer against the Chargers. Um, and speaking of, let, let's start with the Dallas backfield because it's a, it's a tricky one as well. You know, we've got Zeke, the all-timer, but yeah. Mr. Pollard is, he's a real factor for Zeke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pollard, 13 carries last week for over 100. He also caught three balls for 31. And this has got to be the first time in history that Zeke is 8,400 and his backup is 7,600 on DraftKings. Yeah. So uh, really tough situation there. You know, it is a good matchup. They have an even better run blocking advantage of 54% uh, on PFF. Mm. So I don't mind going with one of those guys in a showdown slate. Um, we've got some ish, some injury issues with the wide receivers. Gallup is still out. Uh, and as you, as you noted, you know, as we were chatting before the show, we've got Cooper, you know, with some cracked ribs, he's a little bit less than a hundred percent. Um, Cedric Wilson jumped onto the scene last week with Gallup out, but he only had two for 20. You know, that whole game was a little bit disappointing. We were looking for more output from both sides and more scoring. Didn't get it. I would think he would do a little bit better than that. CeeDee Lamb, you know, has got to be the the guy we trust the most, I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's more expensive than Cooper on DraftKings, but I feel better about his volume um, and his health. So, you know, I'd like to get him out there. And then the tight ends, you know, it's sort of like Philly. Now it's Schultz and, and Jarwin, mm-hmm. and they like to share the duties. Um, both solid players. And they seem like if it was just them, uh, they'd be, you know, borderline uh, tight end one yeah. uh, in the NFL. Um, this week, Jarwin's a little bit cheaper than Schultz on DraftKings. He's only 3000 so I'm kind of looking there for value. And if I can, I'd like to get Dak out there as well. I think he'll be up for this, yeah. this uh, matchup. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, playing with the the price tags a little bit and, you know, strategizing about who the uh, MVP is going to be the captain so you can uh, afford these studs. Yeah, I agree. I think with when you were talking, I was thinking that myself, like you may just want to just play Dak because there's a lot of uncertainty in all these other positions. You don't know if it's going to be Cooper or if it's going to be Lamb or if it's going to be Pollard, if it's going to be Zeke. So Dak should be able to get, you know, a good share of the points no matter what. So that should be a good safe option. And then you could, you know, maybe play um, Pollard and, and uh, DraftKings for his receiving yards. And then, you know, look at Zeke more for FanDuel, but those are just some options and thoughts ahead. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned it. You know, we, we do need to strategize with what contest we're in. No doubt about yeah. it. And we, we like to play cash games with a more conservative lineup. And so we build a, a different lineup for our members for yeah. uh, for those contests specifically. And then we configure the GPP lineups with a more upside, a little more risk, a calculated risk mm-hmm. uh, to try to smash. And Thursday night, I uh, gave out six lineups, five of them cashed. Um, and so you can, you know, build different lineups for different contests. Absolutely. Um, 
and that's that's what we do for you. We work really hard to get everybody ready for each of these matchups in each of the different formats on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. So uh, jump in with us. We're going to keep working on it here until kickoff. We still have about 24 hours before your Packers kickoff crash. Yeah, we do. And uh, that's obviously the game I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. But um, both games should be good games. I have enjoyed watching Dallas a little bit more since Mike McCarthy went down there. So I've kind of cheered him on a little bit and wish him the best. Um, so, yeah. There you have it. Yep. It's the Packers night yeah. uh, throughout primetime, Sunday and Monday night because of McCarthy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good point. All right. Well, that will do it for the primetime show here this week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Please do like and subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, hit the alert button so you're ready for the podcast next week. We'll be back again for the Thursday night show and then uh, get you ready for all the games next Sunday and Monday as well in week four. But we've got week three to get after here. So good luck preparing on Sunday for all your contests uh, and uh, let's get after it. So on behalf of Crash Davis and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.